Okay, well, welcome back, everybody, Ready to the Saturday Night Freak Show. <laughs> this is our uh, our third Freak Show podcast, um, and actually tonight we have a special guest. I guess we can start with him. Randy, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, how, Who are you, you? how you came to be at this podcast tonight? Hi, I'm Randy. Um, I'm a friend of Tom's. Um, kind of said, hey, you want to be a special guest on the Saturday Night Freak Show? So I said, yeah, sure. And that's all it takes, really. That's right. <laughs> well, welcome, <Anybody>? sir. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Tom, uh, how you feeling tonight? Good, good, good. Excellent. Good, good. What are you drinking? Uh, the usual rum and coke. Rum and coke. Rum and Pepsi, sorry. Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of rum? Uh, Captain Morgan, of course. Fantastic. Travis, yes. how you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, okay, tonight was Colin's pick, so I think I'll let him talk a little bit more about his choice. All right. I chose the Vesper Martini. It's uh, three measures of uh, gin. <laughs> I was thinking the movie. Uh, right. The movie <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Trying it out. It's not too bad. I got the lemon peel in it and everything. The only thing is Everybody should be. We watched the Western, so we should be drinking straight up. You should yeah, be, should be drinking yeah. straight wow. up whiskey. Should we drink we'll do that. We'll do that next. Before the bar gets all shot up by the. <laughs> right. Yeah. So tonight's movie, we p- I picked uh, Django from 1966. It's Sergio Corbucci's uh, original. Django, Django, with an awesome theme song that uh, was remade when the uh, the Japanese did a uh, sukiyaki western Django a couple of years back, and they did like a Japanese mix, which is awesome. If Brent can track it down, maybe that can be our outro <laughs> music or something. But Definitely. uh, yeah, I mean, the reason I wanted to watch it with you guys is because you know Tarantino obviously has got Django Unchained coming out here, and uh, I had seen Django a number of years ago. Because you know, because of Tarantino and his love of grindhouse films, all these video companies sprung up. Like Blue Underground is one of them. Blue Underground puts out like all these like you know grindhouse movies that you know are completely forgotten. I think now in today's landscape, Django being one of them. So you know, I got it and I'm watching it. I'm like, this movie's awesome. And it's uh, you know, I think it was a ripoff of. Um, the Clint Eastwood, you know, spaghetti westerns. These are the westerns. Man with no name, surely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think in '66, I'm not even sure how many of those are out at that point. I don't know. I I always heard that they they were pretty much came out at the same time and and uh, yeah, because anything dollars just kind of overshadowed Django just because yeah. Clint Eastwood. You know. Well, yeah, anything that anything that well, I, who's, I think who's I Frank O'Neill. Yeah, but I think Clint Eastwood was on. Well, he was uh, on Gunsmoke. Yeah, Gunsmoke already. So yeah, he was already because they brought him over. He was already somebody, and Frank O'Neill was an Italian guy. Just that, an Italian guy. Yeah, but he was found <laughs> by like John Ford or somebody, John Houston, somebody like that. Like discovered him, I think. So mm-hmm. I mean, he he did have some kind of credit. Prior to doing Django, really was he part of the whole like AIP like making no, movies for everybody? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure about his early career. Yeah, I mean the only thing I know him from is uh, you know from Django, and I think prior to that, I mean I'd seen Die Hard too. He's you know General Esperanza, 
in, in, in Die Hard 2. Well, and then, I've only wait. seen Die Hard 2 maybe two times. <laughs> who is that character? Because I know, like, that was a good Christmas He's movie. the guy on the plane know. that they're... He's the drug lord that William Sadler's <laughs> character is trying to break oh. out of. Yeah. Yeah. He's right. got the beard and all that. Yeah, that's okay. Franco. So that's Django, right? Yeah. Didn't we, watch, didn't we watch Die Hard 2 for one of our Christmas movies last year? I think it was Die... Wasn't it the first one? No, maybe it was Die Hard 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we, 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 everybody, we always <laughs> watch Die Hard, so let's yeah. watch Die Hard 2. Oh, for yeah. Christmas, right, you gotta do, like, the, the off Christmas movies. Like, like Gremlins. Yeah, Gremlins, Lethal Weapon, Die, Die Hard. Hard. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah. That's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard 2, which also takes place on Christmas. Silent right, Night, Deadly yeah. Night. yeah. But yeah, but uh, so I, I think I'm, you know, I, you know, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, you know the Clint Eastwood movie came out and was such a big hit that you know the Italians would, I mean, like from the '60s on through like '70s and '80s, I mean they latch on to a money-making concept and just exploit the living crap out of it by direct like copycat. You know, I mean, you know, Zombie yeah. is a copycat of Dawn of the Dead and. There's like escape well, no, from the Well, no, that zombie's boxes. a direct sequel. It's just their direct well, yeah, sequel, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> because of that, we're like <laughs> gonna do, you know, what was it? It's the Bronx Warriors or whatever. It's like you escape from New York, basically, and oh, you know, I, I mean, they, uh, but yeah, I never really they cared for bad movies. fantasy movies too. Dude, yeah, Italian movies are just paced horribly. Yeah, but they did those because of Conan the Bar- Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, look, all you gotta do is put a guy in a loincloth and give him a sword. <laughs> We've got the terrain. Just overdub it with some some guy that talks like this. Yeah, which I'm sure Frank O'Neill has probably done some of those too. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently the this movie was so successful, at least in Germany and other places in the world, that uh, all subsequent westerns that Frank O'Neill was in, they just retitled Django does this, Django does that. I look Django up just the, the word in the Internet Movie Database and it comes back with 159 <laughs> title matches. <laughs> Not all those are movies, but it says there's a whole bunch of movies that were just retitled. Django kills, you know, something, or Django does this. Right. So yeah. So uh, how many people here had seen the movie before? I'd seen it previously. Travis, That's Travis uh, and I, Colin. So Tom and Randy, you guys hadn't seen it before. What did you think? What was your first impression uh i mean i i had heard a lot about it um there's a guy at work that always wears the Django shirt and uh i've heard of the theme song uh, <laughs> and you know, that's an know, awesome theme yeah, song it, it awesome it's an earworm song. i mean once you hear that thing yeah, like it's on a Django. i have seen the uh shinkyaki the Sukiyaki Western Django. Western Django. Yeah, I have seen that. Which Tarantino is actually, he's in the first scene of that movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But they have, like, I mean, it, those movies, I don't think anything else. There's maybe, I think Franco Nero was in a Django 2, you know, like in the 80s sometime. But I, I don't think, like, there's any relation between the characters in any of the other movies that have the word Django in the title. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even in, you know, Tarantino, he's just taking the, the, the name. But he's a black guy. Yeah, but I also yeah. Th- well, see, that's what I was surprised about this second viewing is, uh, and thinking about Tarantino's remake, is, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't recall how, how how the original dealt with racism against the Mexicans <laughs> as much as, you right, know, yeah, yeah. this is going to deal with, you know, blacks. It's, that was kind of uh, eye-opening, watching a second time. Yeah, right. I wonder if we're gonna get to see like red hooded white dudes. <laughs> I know. Well, I know. I've just from the trailer. I know there's KKK guys in in the. Uh, nope. 
I thought that was very, uh, that's something Italian. That's the only thing I say for Italians. I think they have horrible pacing, but they know a picture when they see one. They know how to compose a picture. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. at how well this, you know, I mean, how it looked. You know, I mean, just like in the production design. I mean, you know, it's like a, it takes place, I guess, in the winter or something. It's the most muddy, bleak western I have ever seen. I mean, all the trees are dead, you know. I mean, Boot Hill or whatever, the cemetery. Tombstone Cemetery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this hill. But they call with it the Tombstone Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the streets are it's all new. just muddy and nasty, and, you know, everybody's in the mud, and everything's caked in mud, and it's freezing. I mean, it just has, like, this, you know, it has, like, a really tangible atmosphere, which is cool. <laughs> The picture quality really holds up, too. Like, I thought that we were watching a Blu-ray, but that was a DVD. Yeah, it was just a DVD. I mean, that looks amazing for, what was it, 66? Yeah. They Um. did remaster this version. (laughs) The remastered version. Right. I didn't like how we, I mean, personally, there there was a bit of an argument during watching the movie. We started off watching it in English, (laughs) and they didn't like the dubbing, so we switched it to Italian. Because dubbing is horrible. Because the dubbing's horrible. The dubbing's still bad in Italian. Obviously. Yeah, it's still dubbed. But um, yeah, it's still dubbed, but it's at least their voice. But you, know, see, you get a me, little bit of a. I personally was like completely taken out of the whole movie, the entire experience, because like they're speaking Italian and it's a Western, and it was just like it bothered me like. You know, buongiorno. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like what? That's not. It's like it's Mexicans and Yankees and like they're speaking Italian. That was just like to the point where you didn't enjoy the story, or it, it just it just took me completely out of the film. Yeah, so you would say that had it been uh, had we watched the dubbed over, had we watched the dubbed over, it would have made sense because then it's like it's still it's like English, so it's like they're Mexican because like they would have had the Mexican accents and you know it's just like. I don't know. I mean, it, it just took me out of the experience. You should go back and try that. There's really sure only like five that. sentences of plot in the whole movie. What did you think of it, Brent? What was your impression of Django? I really, I really liked it. I, you know, going in, I knew nothing about it. And, uh, like, usually, you know, westerns aren't really my thing. And what? Yeah. <laughs> right, I, I know, I know, but like maybe I haven't given them a chance. But oh, I, wow. it felt like a lot of fun, especially for you know like a movie from the '60s where like either it's over the top cheesy or it's you know like bad special effects or whatever you know. But this this film, I liked it. Um, it was fun, you know. Like Django was setting up traps for people, and he. <laughs> 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 like he's the first thing you see is Django carrying around this casket. And you're like four. Yeah, just yeah for four <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah, during really what I he's thought, just dragging know. this casket around. Who's who's in there? A man named Django. Man named Django. That, right. I thought that was like you know because I mean I didn't know anything about it. I I'd heard like that was you know a scene in the movie and I'm like, but they didn't they don't tell you what's in the casket. <laughs> I mean that's how he, the character is introduced. He's dragging a casket. He goes into a bar. He drags a casket. And everybody's like, what the hell? I'm like anything could be on there. Here's a guy carrying around like himself in a casket. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. At some point like the all the riders are coming and the bartender's like, Django, you gotta get out of here and he's like, I'm not alone. I'll be fine and they're like, <laughs> What the hell? Is this you know, is it some kind of supernatural weirdness going on here? It's like this could be really cool. And I'm just like, you could take like that character and make it like anime out of it. It's a western gunfighter carrying around a... Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like... <laughs> Try guns? That's what they really had. They had that image of, uh, you know, a guy carrying a casket, dragging a yeah. casket. Yeah. 
Until you can cool find guy. out what's in it, and then it's like, okay, then it becomes kind of literal, and then it becomes part of the plot. But, you well, know, up until that moment, it's like, that to what's the in there? They should have saved it the whole movie. What the hell is, you know... I, I, I agree they should have saved it. whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree they should have saved it to the whole the end. I was, I was thinking that he was carrying it around because, like, at some point, he would, like, you know, be shot on death's door and be like, promise me you'll bury me in the castle. <laughs> <laughs> that would have actually been cool. Last time you must bury me in the casket. We'll bring him back to life. But instead, spoiler alert. Well, should we even say <laughs> I it? I don't even know if you have to. <laughs> yeah. It's from There's 1966. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what the, the movie's about? What? It's about a, a gunslinger, or you don't know what he is. He's a former uh, dick. North. He's a professional <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's an outlaw. Yeah. He's a former uh, Union soldier. This is after the Confederate War, he uh, or the Civil War. He he's in the South for reasons unknown. Finds this woman being tortured by uh, Mexican banditos. Saves her from that. Goes to the town, and then like it's just everybody's motives are. <laughs> there's a, the town's like a ghost town under siege by this evil uh, like racist uh, major Jackson. Major Jackson. And then a, uh, a Mexican general Hugo, Hugo. shows up later on, oh. and like every, it just it just keeps getting more. There's like layers of interest on like who's yeah. doing what to who, and like who knows who, and yeah, yeah. Just there's layers. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it was just I don't uh, you know I mean I I actually prefer that movie. Be, to be honest with you, I prefer this one to the first two uh, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, I mean I know that no. those, I know those plots. You know, I mean those <laughs> those go back to the Japanese uh, Kira Kurosawa, you know, Yojimbo and whatever. What was the other one? Uh, I can't even think. It's fistful of dollars and is it for, for a few dollars? For a few more? dollars more. Yeah, and then uh, those are brilliant. I really yeah. like, yeah, but Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, I think, is one of my, like I was saying, that's, I think, one of my favorite, like, epic, I mean, like, big scale So what was, it about, what was it about Django that made you choose it for your first Django? Well, I mean, part of it was just the timing, knowing that, you know, Tarantino's got right. Django Unchained coming out, and I knew that, you know, most of you hadn't seen it, so... It was like, here's an opportunity. Because I know Franco Nero's in Django Unchained. <laughs> and I know they're going to use that theme song. And, like, here's a little reference of, you know, yeah. where this comes from. At what point does Django become a black guy? <laughs> I think just for Tarantino's. So there, w- w- But wasn't there a Django <laughs> in a different film that he was a black guy? Or no? No, he's a Japanese guy in... Uh, in it was 150. In, I'm sure yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there they was were a Django just, black yeah. guy. I'm Isn't sure. there like a scene in the previews for Django Unchained where he's sitting at the table? He's like the dia silent or the dia silent. Yeah. yeah, the guy he's talking to is Franco Nero. The white guy? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy who's saying it's Jamie Foxx saying that the dia is silent. Yeah, right. I mean that's him. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's saying that he's Django and he's Man. sitting there next to. I have to watch the original that. <laughs> I'm song. always wrong in these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I heard that I could possibly be a guest star, I thought we were going to be seeing Django Unleashed. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> 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 like, yeah, we're doing Django. I'm like, Django? Yeah, the timing was just and right. And I didn't even know it, it didn't come out until, I think, what is it, Christmas Christmas, Day? yeah. Great Christmas movie. Which is <laughs> this Tuesday from where we're at. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Christmas so Merry Christmas, everybody. This is the Christmas episode oh. of, yes, of uh, the Saturday Night Freak Show. So, Randy, okay, so, like, not knowing that you were, what you were getting yourself into, 
did you enjoy the film? I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, I think it was probably us as we our little banter going on as we were watching it, but right. it, it 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 had some rough parts, but it, it had some good parts in it too. Um, Western wise, I I kind of see where Tom was. That wasn't a western, but um, I can see that. But but the dialogue didn't throw me off as bad. It was just more there. The bleakness of the setting, like right. that mud, it was just mud everywhere. And you hear that squish, squish, yeah. like every time that they stepped into the mud. It was yeah, and it's just so cold. I mean, you can see the actors, you know, breathe, you know, the breath. You know, yeah. I mean, just it's just, I, I don't know any other Western, I mean, Italian or uh, American that you know had that kind of like just really, you know. So that was right. inside the bar. Yeah, yeah, you know, when they're the inside, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you can see their breath. And outside, it's just all cold-looking and gray. I didn't really look at the trees to find out if they had leaves on them. No, they were all, like, dead on the ground. So it had to take place during, like, winter. Yeah, winter in the south or something. I don't know. So the other spaghetti westerns, they're all in Italian, too, right? Well, the Italian film industry has, like, an odd way of doing it. You know, they know that they're, you know, what I'm talking about, you know, the Italian film industry from... Uh, you know, whatever, 50s through uh, the 70s or 80s, knowing that their movies were going to do bit, do bigger on an international stage, they would, you know, they bring in all these international actors in, and, like, if you're American, you say your lines in English, and you're Italian, you'll say your lines in Italian, and oh, then they'll really? just dub them over later for, like, okay, this is going to America, we're going to dub the whole thing in English, it's going to Ita- Italy, we'll dub it over all in Italian. Yeah, they don't. They didn't shoot uh, synchronized sound at that point. Okay. And, I mean, even till you know, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Dario Argento movies, so, I mean, that's pretty much my, you know, inroad to, to Italian film. And, I mean, even, like, his more recent movies are still, like, you know, uh, uh, the lips match. They're all speaking English, but it's still dubbed over. So I'm like, are they still shooting non-sync sound? You know, even, you know, today. I don't know. Well, I'm curious, Tom. Okay, so wait here. I got favorite Western. I mean, like. No, no, no. It's not my favorite. I was just. I thought it was cool. I thought it'd be you know cool to do it tonight. But here's a question for you, uh, Tom. Since you have a, uh, a if you if you have like a, a problem with it being, you know, it's Italian. It's supposed to be set in the West, and that was block for you, uh, how does that play then with like the Clint Eastwood movies? Because they're all... It's the same. i got to watch them in English. Yeah? But just like... like, but like do you still buy it though? Because, you know, or is it still like this doesn't feel like no, I mean, American I, West? Um, I mean, there, there's always a little bit of... I mean, y- you know it's dubbed, but because it's in English, that the language that it's supposed to be in... It's just like if I'm watching like a a Japanese movie, right? Like Samurais or something like that. Um, I'm gonna try and watch it in Japanese with English subtitles, just because like I don't know, it's more of the setting. Type. So you saw uh, Sukiyaki Western Django, which is a Japanese Western. <laughs> but that's just for style, right? So that didn't bother. That wasn't no, because the setting of that was obviously in Japan. Well, it was like uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, it was all Western dress, Western. But it was J- Japanese houses and stuff like that. 
There aren't a lot of Japanese films based on the spaghetti westerns. No, it's the other way around. Oh. All the spaghetti well the spaghetti westerns started becoming based Wrong, on, <laughs> on Japanese samurai movies. I mean the thing I guess that separates the spaghetti western from the American I mean like the Hollywood Western because Hollywood, you know, like was founded basically on on Western films. I mean, they just cranked them out like crazy because they had backlots, you know, Western towns standing, you know, and they're in the canyons, and you know, they just go out the back, and all you need is a horse and a couple guys, and you know, who's willing family. to fall off a roof, and you know, away you go. And uh, so, but it always seemed, you know, like the John Wayne westerns in that era, right? That. All the good guys wear white hats. All the bad guys wear black hats. And it's pretty much like, I mean, that's the, or there's the Indians, you know, who are, you know, everybody's, it's cowboys versus Indians or the bad guy versus the good guy, good sheriff, you know. Right. And uh, the Italians kind of did like a revisionist taste, take on this where they're like, you know, I bet the West was really brutal, <laughs> you know, and probably not this romanticized vision that Hollywood has been giving us, but you know they they romanticized the American West, you know Western wanted to do that. So theirs is like you know I mean even Django, Django's not a, I wouldn't say he's a good guy. I mean he's he's a, he's a deserter from the army. But they definitely he's make a him thief. a good guy by you know oh my wife died, this guy killed him. Uh, yeah, but does that make they, him the good guy? They well, just they make always him the protagonist. Try to, you know, he's the protagonist. He's the point of view character. But well, whoever you whoever you uh, sympathize with, you know that's your right. Yeah. But they're morally ambiguous, you know. I mean, because yeah, even Clint Eastwood. I think, I think as long as as long as the filmmakers make you sympathize with the character, then he's the good guy, almost no matter what the situation. Because you're sympathizing, you know. Yeah, you're supposed to be like, but it's for a reason. Uh. Yeah, but does that make <laughs> him the good guy, or that just makes him the audience identification character? You can you can have a bad guy be like your. Isn't that starting to that's starting to blend a little bit? Look at these vampire movies. It's starting to blend the whole b- between between you know what's a good guy and what's a good guy. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying. They started blending it like in the like that's what was revolutionary about yeah. these movies in the '60s. They were blending that and going like, we're gonna give Ooh. you a guy who's not really good, you know. Yeah. That's the guy who doesn't like the bad guy, the bad boy philosophy. Primal. That's like Jeff. That's like James Dean. Killer be killed. Which he got, he got killed. Yeah, because that was that same <laughs> kind of thing, right? That whole counterculture. Deal. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about the the, the women in these films because, because well, we have the main character all or the sluts. main the female lead. Other than her, yeah, they're all whores. But uh, the mud well, she was she too, was wasn't she? She was. She was. Awesome. She yeah. Was, uh, yeah, she was a prostitute from Mexico. Yeah, but when, like when we are introduced to her, when we come in on her plight, she's in a bad way because first she's with the Mexicans that are gonna kill her. And then the the red the, the red chaos. scarf yeah the red scarfs coming militia comes in and yeah, basically yeah, they kill the kill Mexicans her. but they're gonna <laughs> kill her too so she's screwed either way I mean Django's her only hope and then she ends up falling in love with him but other than aside from that like straightforward storyline there's not really a lot to her character oh she just falls in love instantly she's <laughs> she's yeah. in well, I mean, yeah. she kind of has like me. the it's yeah, the but first time a man has ever yeah, I, I felt me. could protect me. Yeah, but she's got that kind of quiet inner strength kind of thing that's centered because she she's able to like see what antics Django's getting up to when no one else can when he's like laying all this you know subterfuge and whatever. Right. She figures it out because she's 
set back from everything else and is able to observe. You know, she's like the quiet observer who's you know, intelligent and able to watch. I mean, it's what makes her different than the other prostitutes. And the you know, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm saying if you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. you're probably interested in these kind of movies. You should go check this one out. I think, but. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as far as you know, well, I mean, for a mass audience, wouldn't you rather see different movies that take you on a roller coaster ride instead of like that man? Like this movie's perfectly safe because this chick's gonna make it. That guy's gonna be the no, hero. Yeah, you yeah. know what the hell's that? That's, that's not yeah. filmmaking. That's that's just holiday card crap. You know, it's yeah. reading yeah. cards. You can anticipate what's gonna happen based on the formula. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that, that's what I, I think <laughs> I don't like about the American. You know the John Wayne westerns is the predictability of them, where this, like, it was throwing me for loops, and it was also fun the whole time. I don't know. I would probably not recommend Django. No. <laughs> Based on on what? So what are you saying to the person who's like, should I watch this movie Django? You're like, no, because. But you, you probably don't need it in order to see. That's not Django the. Knows. Yeah, but that's not. No, you don't need it to see anything. If, if you it's not even related. To, right. If you if you were to put Django up against like the Clint Eastwood stuff, it's not as good as those. It's not as good as like Once Upon a Time in the West or. I actually think you know. Django's a little weaker too. Compared, it's got cool scenes. It's just the in between scenes really just aren't that interesting. Like I said, every cool scene, his the action is so cool and awesome. It takes four seconds for it all to take place, but then you're watching. Like eight minutes of him dragging the uh, the casket out of the window, down the thing. It's just like <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, I mean, I like fast action and I like so long action, but Jesus, that was just like sometimes they focus on the wrong things in Italian movies. There's Italian pacing, beware, scene. people. And like the dudes just keep coming. And well, it's set just, this up for people who haven't seen okay, it. I so, guess, like so, what. So, so Django sets. No, you got to talk about it. <laughs> okay, Django sets a trap where he puts a, his his Gatling gun and facing towards the door, facing towards the door, and then starts the Gatling gun firing. So it's just automatically firing. So all the Mexican goons just come running. They're like, "What's going on in the doorway? Hey, what's that noise, Essie? <laughs> oh no! The machine gun just mows them down, and it's like it's like literally single file. They're dying, and it's like twenty. Yeah, days. what is that noise? They were running in just find their gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was stealing their gold. Someone is taking our gold. Yeah. Oh, half the gold is there. But like, they don't see the dudes in front that of them. That noise is still coming from the door. <laughs> Look inside. Who is he? Apparently, according to the IMDb, the body count in this movie is of 138 people killed. Well, there's 40 in the beginning. <laughs> you got, like, what, five in the beginning? Four, so there's 45 in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's quite a bit. They you got, like, the cartel, which was six yeah. dudes oh, yeah. in the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole cartel. It is pretty action-packed. It's just in between. I mean, this is one of those, like... 90-minute movies that makes it feel like it's like a two-hour well, epic. I think that, yeah, but that's everything pre-Star Wars, right? There, I mean, there is just... a scene that's like with the... There is a scene with like they put the Gatling gun in a in a covered wagon and they drive up to a fort. Yeah, right. And as they're doing it, I'm thinking to myself, like, wait a second, I've actually played this in Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 
And sure enough, they uncover the thing and shoot up the place. I'm like, that was in Red Dead Redemption. You know what's great about that scene, though, is the bartender, he's, you know, drawing the horses on. And, like, before you even know what's happening. I mean, and there's only, like, five hookers for, like, 60 men. <laughs> <laughs> right. For, as far Probably as they the do. way it was. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know, there's the Trojan horse story going on in the situation. And before you even realize that that's the situation that's going on, you see that there's, like, a close-up on the bartender who, you know, he's, he's I guess, drawing the horses. But he's doing, like, this thing with his eyes where he's looking all around like, oh, shit, I can't believe we're really going to do this. <laughs> you know, like, he's freaking out because, like, he's not used to doing stuff like that. And I remember making note of it. Like, that guy, is, he's, you know, it's a funny character. And I didn't I didn't know, obviously, that that was coming. And then, like, it's like, oh, the women, they're here. <laughs> or no. Oh, the women are here. <laughs> yeah, the, the regular boys. <laughs> but then, like, bam, you know, like, the Trojan horse surprise happens. And so would you recommend Django? Django. I recommend the song. I would recommend it. I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised by it. It's got some good... I liked it more than I thought I was going to. It's got some good blood. It's got some good, you know... I like the ending of Django more than the rest of the movie. That's why I thought, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, isn't this the finale scene? Because <laughs> I know it's like one of the coolest scenes in the movie, but it was in the first, like, 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. It is very much a desperado moment when that casket opens up. Django, okay, so Django's, you know, he's outside waiting for these 40 men to come up because he just shot, like, five of these guys, and they're like, he's like, hey, come back with 40 guys, or however many you yeah, have. Yeah, he stays out there all night long, and you get the impression. No, no, he slept with her. Because he... Yeah, yeah he, he, he slept with the the girl. He briefly slept. With <laughs> yeah, briefly. it would be brief, but complete. <laughs> <laughs> the, the illusion would be brief, but, but complete. Well, he went in with muddy boots. He yeah. went in with muddy boots. A day later, comes out with the same muddy boots, yeah. like the same. In the wet. morning, yeah, he came out and got ready to. They were getting freaky upstairs. <laughs> Mud and whatever. Else. I think if uh, Franco Nero was less prettier, the movie would have been more. He's a pretty pretty like anti-hero. Like they do the Trojan horse ambush, and his like they come back and they've got the gold, and like his hair is still like perfectly. And he's got the Han Solo pants going on. Yeah, he's got the Django pants. Those are his his Yankee (laughs) Union. Yeah, those are Union. uh, They got the yellow stripes uniform. Yeah, and everybody has a pink, uh, pink. Underwear, long underwear. Yeah, uh, yeah all yeah, the Mexicans. Yeah. All the Mexicans had pink yeah. underwear. And Django. Did they? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, everybody's costumes were, like, ripped or, like, muddy. Like It looked like they made That's everybody, like, about roll it. It very... in the mud before they shot a scene. I mean, cool. everything was just, like, disgusting. We can't forget about <laughs> the scene where the it's this cat fight between the whores. Yeah, I think there's like three of them at that. Yeah, like they're getting into it, into the mud, and <laughs> it might <laughs> just be the beating the shit out wrestling. of each other. Yeah, mud wrestling, caked, garments are torn. Yeah, it's awesome. There was mud wrestling in Manos. How can you not like that, Tom? There's <laughs> porish mud. Yeah, wrestling. I don't remember. I don't remember mud wrestling in any of the Clint Eastwood. Uh, Western. No, they had too much story to tell. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Point, point James. Yeah, too much plot. There's too much plot. They didn't have enough time for horror wrestling. <laughs> horror wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I I found Django to be more entertaining, I guess, than the first two Clint Eastwood ones. But that could be 
you know, partially because of familiarity with that whole Rose pitting two, yeah, pitting the, the two the sides against each the other. other. Yeah. And me in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't nice you making fun of my horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some good shit. <laughs> I wish you could see his face. It's perfect. <laughs> I like Rio Bravo. I like I like a few of the John Waynes. Not a lot of them. I like Rio Bravo. I like Rio the Searchers. Searchers is good. I didn't even know D. Martin was in Rio Bravo until he sobered up and shaved his face. I was like, that's fucking <laughs> Oh my god. Then he started yeah. singing. You know, that's basically Assault on Precinct 13 and, like, every good John Carpenter movie. Uh, it's also, if, uh, John Wayne has another Western called El Dorado. It's the exact same story. That's exact one. same story. Yeah? Yep. Just minus two singing guys, but he's got a drunk sheriff buddy that he's got to come sober up. And yeah. Both of them good movies. <laughs> Do you recommend it, Randy? Do you recommend Django? Django. It depends on who you recommend it to. It was a... It was... A fairly light-hearted western, which some of them can get really deep, but you know, overall, it, it was a fun little movie. You know, yeah, it's not going to take too much of your time. You know, ninety minutes, it's complete. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like two hours. Though. See, it feels like two hours <laughs> long. But still, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's like over it's just long. The beginning, though, it just kind of felt like a little. Not even begin. It's just yeah. it like it speeds up, it stops. It's Speeds up and slows down. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Yeah, I think Jingle. what Randy said is, like, that's the key word. It's fun, you know. I mean, as, like, there's these big action scenes or seconds or whatever, but in between that, there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on. Like when well, You said this was a Grindhouse movie, right? Well, as far as where, like, you would have probably seen this on first release. I mean, it's dubbed over Italian movie. You probably saw it in, like, a Grindhouse or a uh, drive-in. So, I mean, the the Grindhouse movies were generally, like, fun, just kind of lighthearted. Cheap. Movies. Just no. Cheap movies. They're just, just, cheap. just I cheap. I wouldn't call them lighthearted or fun. Like, <laughs> I'd say lighthearted and fun. They, well, they didn't really care too movies. much about what they, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like you yeah, you come to it. you come to see this movie, you're gonna get kung fu. We're gonna Cold give you classics. kung fu. We're gonna, or we're gonna give you boobs. Or we're gonna give you a lot of gore. You know romance, I mean? action, right. you sci-fi. Django, you're gonna see Django shooting people. The yeah. first kung fu sci-fi action romance, bromance. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not deep because it's a B movie. You know, I mean it's just kind of like you know. But I mean, so were the Clint Eastwood films, you know. Probable I think, movie. you know, when you look at something like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, that's got a broader ambition, you know, than than those other movies, and in in this movie included. I, mean, I, I think one thing that we were all kind of mentioned as we were watching it was, hey, this movie seems like it was filmed way before its time, right. and, and it really does. If you go, this is yeah, because sixty six. I would have said it was seventy two or something, you know. Yeah, and uh, is it the is it the camera or is it the story or? Oh, I I think the things that they were getting like they were doing, like, yeah, um, you know they weren't afraid to show their blood and would they do that in, you know I haven't watched a whole lot of western movies. Well, yeah. even I think. Well, again, I think that's the Italians. That's the Italian sure. thing. Adding that. Yeah, adding the gore. You know. Ultra realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's Before why they everybody's just get all shot, muddy. They it's cuff a, their hand you know, over their wound and die yeah, off, yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody had to clean, you know, press this morning, <laughs> you know, a lot clothing. Of dead dudes in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And was this before the time of uh, Steadicam? Or because like there's a lot. Yeah, of Steadicam was stuff, like but. way like 
80, somewhere like late 70. Yeah. 79 or 80. That's with the handheld during that bar fight. Oh, I thought the bar seat went on for a little too long. It might be awesome bar fight. A little too long. I disagree with the awesome bar fight. Thank you, Tom. A little too long. You can edit this movie down to... Tom's mm, complaint that it's not an awesome bar fight is because everybody in the bar doesn't get in on the fight. It's a fight between (laughs) Django and... uh, Django! Wasn't it like the preacher dude or whatever? No, it was the other guy. Yeah. Sorry, I can't. So like, that's what happened. Like, <laughs> these happened. two guys got a beef. Everybody else just kind of backs off and you know lets it happen. A good right. Western bar fight involves everyone in the bar throwing down tables. Yeah, but what smashed, is that? So that's the rule. Smashed. If you don't, if you don't make it to this rule, the rule is everybody has to be involved. All tables have to be smashed. You don't do that. It's a bad bar fight. End of story. I say it's a good. I say a good bar fight is when everybody gets involved. That is a good bar fight. All right, there you go. It's on the record. Not necessarily just in a Western, just in general, right? A it's good just, bar fight. Just in general. A good old yeah. wholesome American bar fight. <laughs> a good old wholesome. Everybody involved. Right. That it's is no a good if, they, if everybody, everybody is not involved. People thrown out of windows. That yep. is a good bar fight. They did that in almost like every doors. comedy Western. Every comedy <laughs> yeah, Western. Because they did that in every old 40s and 50s Western. All the Hollywood Westerns do that. People were just waiting to get involved. Be like, hell yeah. Yep. Jump well, you should there. be happy. Somebody did break a bottle on a table. And I cut you, Django. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cut, yeah, you. Yeah. I cut you real good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's Django. So we're going with Django. Uh, uh, we got a, a yay from Brent, a nay from Travis, a nay. I'm a lukewarm. I really have to say I'm a lukewarm. I like If I, I could edit this movie down to 75 minutes and make it more watchable, I know I could. Because it should be an anime, right? No, be, well, it just should be shorter. Anime anime it should be, it's just shorter. Randy is uh, he's going with a yay, then Tom's going with a nay, and I'm going with a yay. So that's uh, one, two, See if you want to. Three, three <laughs> yay, two nay on Django. The yeses have it. The yays have it. There you go. That's so a, you should see Django. That's a good rating system. See if you want to. <laughs> so so the, other big, the other big news for t- today... Is uh, Randy and Tom just came back from uh, seeing The Hobbit at 100 or 48 frames per second 3D? Was it 48? What did I say? 148? Sorry, yeah, 48 frames a second 3D. I saw it yesterday in 24 <laughs> frames per second. So tell me. Oh my God, you saw that too? You guys yep. don't spoil it. Not going to spoil the movie. We're not going to spoil it. About technical. Even I know everything that happens. <laughs> I know the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you uh, yeah. You thought you knew the Hobbit. <laughs> don't spoil Titanic. Yeah. yeah. I told I told my wife that uh, you know we're going we're going to see the Hobbit. She is a big fan of the Hobbit, but doesn't pay attention to like the news at all. So I'm like, okay, it's three hours long. It ended, and she's like, what, that's it? She expected it to be the whole thing in three oh, hours. Oh, shit, there's still two I'm more. I'm like, there's still two more movies. She's like, what? <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, I, I, so. I kind of, you know, I mean, it's it's a 300-page children's book, and they're somehow compressing it into... Three, that's not three. compression, man. That's that's we're gonna we're gonna fill and fill. Oh, oh here they are. There aren't they expanding from other parts of different books? Because Gandalf it. start he disappears a lot in the Hobbit. He and expands I heard that, it, and it's 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 done it's it's done well. I mean, it, it was I I saw it. I really liked it. I mean, I really liked it. Mostly because there's a lot of dwarves and 
You like dwarves. I do like dwarves, and there's a lot of fight dwarf fighting, so dwarf fighting. Cry there's there's not I, a whole lot of you know. I did cry a little bit when they they showed like the <laughs> pleasure of the dwarven oh, thing. That was just like, say, oh, that was spoilers. awesome. Spoilers. Not a whole lot of dwarven women I've noticed like ever, they ever. It. They explain it. Yeah, they look like dwarven men. So where are they? It could be anywhere. Right. Uh, so, question the about the uh, 48 frames per second 3D. You saw IMAX? IMAX 3D, we drove to Barrington because I had to, like, get on the website and, like, look up. And, like, they had a grid that say, here are the cities, here are the places where you can see it. And they broke it down, like, IMAX 3D, 3D. So, we I had to go to Barrington in order to watch it in IMAX 3D HFR. All right, so what is so special about this HFR, and what does that stand for? It stands for awesome. high frame rate. Oh, uh, okay, high frame rate. And what is high frame rate for the people at home? The film runs at 48 frames per second rather than the standard 24. And how does it look? It looks... Because we're not talking higher resolution. I mean, like, you can still see pores on everybody's face in the 24 frames per second version. What? So what are we talking about? What is it, the higher frame okay, rate so it, for it you? looks really, really smooth, so you don't really have like a, a stuttering aspect. Aspect. So it works really well with 3D, so there's very little ghosting, and they kind of that issue with fast movement, so they get rid of that. It does take a lot of getting used to because when I, when they first started watching the movie, when they first started showing the movie, honestly, it looked like like someone was like watching that movie and fast forward a little bit. <laughs> and it takes a little bit of getting used to. Well, like when you first start watching, it looks like they're wa- like people are just moving way too fast and things are just like it looks like somebody is fast forwarding a movie. And your eyes eventually adjust to it. How long do you say figured that it took to get used to it? It took about 10, 15 minutes. And even even then, there were some scenes like later on where I mean it was kind of you know like some parts. But I mean you get you get used to it, and then it's like wow, this looks really smooth and and, and good. Yeah, the biggest thing smooth like. I guess you can compare, I mean, you guys probably all had a computer where you get a new video card and you put in a new video card, ooh, that looks a lot better. That's kind of like how this high frame rate kind of is. It's, you can tell that for 3D, if 3D stays around, which this might keep 3D around, because I'm not a super fan of 3D. And I used, like, as a kid, I love the 3D. As I've gotten older, I have glasses, so putting glasses over glasses is just kind of annoying. Um, but I, I still think I'm really a fan of IMAX 3D. Um, seeing 3D, um, just normal 3D, it just doesn't do enough. But IMAX 3D, yeah, that's it just I takes feel. it to that next level. Yeah, actually, after seeing this, I was going to amend what I said last week, where I'm like, as long as if it's IMAX on that big screen, yeah. it does something Bigger to it, where better. it's like, this is this is the it optimal to way to see you. 3D. Yeah. Because the Hobbit in 3D was impressive. I think when the screen gets smaller, it loses some of that. Yeah, because they were showing some of the previews, and like you know, like the previews weren't entirely taking up the whole the IMAX screen. It was just like normal theater size, and you're like, it's like a little tiny little thing compared to this like giant. Um, but the the HFR like 
it was worth it. I want. I went out of my way. I mean, I drove like an hour out of my way to see this at a special theater, and yes, it was worth it. Because the concern is that you know, I mean, 24 frames a second has always been what film runs at, or at least 35 millimeter film, right? But uh, television runs it, at least in the United States, runs at 30 frames a second. So the difference between a movie at 24, you know, frames a second and like the news, right, is like 30 frames a second or a soap opera. Right. I mean, or a sitcom. I mean, that's that's what you're looking at just right there with the six frame rate per second difference. So we're going up to 48 frames a second, and I, and I suppose then the question is, is like, you know, to to yeah, is it well, right? So is it going to look like? James I mean, does Cameron it look like? Do does it look like a video? I mean, does it? You know, it's like I like the, the way a film image looks. I mean, I've hated, you know, just the trend toward like 240 hertz uh, television sets. You know, that drives me nuts when I watch a movie that was shot 24 frames a second. You watch one of those hundred, you know, those fast scan TVs and everything moves to fluid and I'm like it doesn't look like a movie anymore it's lost it it looks like some kind of, it looks For like me, there were few there were a few scenes that if the distance wise from where I was to the film it almost looked like actors on a stage it was weird it actually looked like actors. Well, that was the other... Because that's uh, that's what they were promising. I mean, that's it, what it's it, supposed it, to do. It's like on an IMAX they screen... They that off for me. And I'm just like, well, that looked, that looked pretty darn real right yeah. there. <laughs> so that's what it is. It's it's the movie screen kind of vanishes, and you're actually looking through like a portal into like some oh. kind of realistic... I mean, because the, the, the frame rate's so high, your eye can't see the, you yeah, know, the shutter effect. Your eye, your eye, your eye says... Okay, that's I'm looking right at, yeah, I'm looking at something that's you real. You don't have that blur, especially with action sequences, and there are a lot of action sequences in The Hobbit. But they, they you also have a fair amount of downtime, too, so you, yeah, I think that's kind of where they're doing their, you know, there's action, and then there's a lot of downtime. And I think they do that in the beginning to, you know, I don't know if they're really doing that to get you used to this new frame rate. You know, you could dive into that, maybe they are, but... So Travis hasn't seen it. Are you contemplating on 48? I don't know. I actually, I just ta I, I told my brother I'd wait to see it with him when he comes in for uh, the holidays. But he has already read everything on the internet, so he's like, I don't want to see it as long as we don't see it 48 frames per second. <laughs> but I am curious about it. You know, I mean, I've been watching the. Re I've been I've been watching a lot more like BBC show type stuff, so I'm a little bit more used to <laughs> the video image of things. So I'm, I'm seeing what this would. I, I am interested in what this would look like. Maybe I will get the uh, theater info from you before you leave. Do you think the 48 frames is something that will take off a of 3D, but maybe like regular 2D films will still stay 24? Because seeing that like without, I mean. Yeah, I can imagine saying, how not having the 3D would. Yeah. Weren't you saying something about Weren't you saying something about Brian Singer watching The Hobbit or something? Uh, yeah. Um, who's the guy that directed X Men? Brian Singer. Singer. Yeah, he did yeah, Jack yeah, the I, Giant I was, Killer. Now yeah. Jack the Giant Slayer, which, which I think. Had a yeah, we saw that one too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I was reading on a. I think he posted somewhere. Um, he was jealous. He was having frame rate envy, you know, and also, you know, awesome job, Ian, because it, yeah. 
But for the 3D or because it was just the well, frame rate? Just the, the frame rate. Yeah, because I think he shot Jack the Giant Slayer in Is 3D. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. But I don't think but he did it. I think it's probably in 24. Yeah, but in 24. Yeah, well, I don't think nothing else has been done in 48 except this. So this is either going to be accepted as, like, you know, the new standard, maybe, that we're looking at, right? And like you're saying, either it's the new standard for 3D. Well, it's definitely weird that it so wouldn't make be these things like, you know, everywhere. Well, they, it's because, uh, from what I read, the, uh, you know, theaters just went and did the upgrade to digital, right? But the early adopters, like, their, their digital uh, equipment can't be upgraded. So they have to buy all new. Uh, yeah, I think right now, like. So if you if you're a theater and you bought like a uh, a projector within the last couple of years, it's a software patch. But if you bought you know a couple of years like two three years ago, you're you're screwed. <laughs> you gotta there, buy a there, new machine. There were a f there were a few pauses that you could tell that it was flipping over to that. Mm. Were the trailers in 3D or? Yes. Yeah, we saw what, Man of Steel, Jack the Giant Slayer, Oz the Great and Powerful. Is it Man of Steel not going to be 3D? No, it's in 3D. Is it? I saw a 3D trailer for I it. I thought it wasn't going to be IMAX or 3D. I think it's converted though. Uh, I don't think it was shot that way. Oz, I think, was shot that way. Oz, I'm sure Oz. Pretty well, that sucks. That means the only way to see Superman yeah. IMAX will be in 3D. Though. Yep. Well, I have a, I have a, uh, getting back to the 48 frames. I have a camera that will do slow motion, so you shoot in 60 frames per second, and it looks weird. Like when you're looking at, it, it's not 3D or anything. It's just you know the 2D image, but it's like this hyper realism that. Well, just when you play it back at 60 frames a second. Yeah, and yeah. while you're recording too, like on the viewfinder screen. Oh, uh huh. It's like this, like. It's not like Saving Private Ryan, like you're seeing all the detail. It's like probably more like your guys' experience, but not in 3D, where you're seeing like, like yeah, almost this hyper reality, you know. And it is along the lines of like a soap opera, mm -hmm. like you say. Where well, it takes away the dreamlike aspect of movies, because movies have always been, to me, I guess, you know, what I think of it is like, you know, a bunch of people go into a room, the lights go down, and you kind of have like this shared kind of like dream, you know. Cause it's almost like you're in a kind of sleeping state. You just focus on the wall, you know, for two hours. It's you staring at the That's wall. That's the cave, man. You know, yeah. Modern <laughs> cave painting. And you just kind of, uh, and the, the, all this, you know, imagery and sound like goes right, you know, into the eyes and ears and the brain. Uh, but what's wrong with making that more? Real, real. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. It, it, then, it's, then it's less... It's the then same it's thing. I've always liked photography. It's having to get used to digital photography, that new way yeah. they want you to see things. I guess that's just that the thing. Like it's like solid, weighty way, you know, that really thick I guess the exactly emulsion. That weight. I mean, yeah. like, you can argue, like, like, I mean, like, what you're saying, like, ah, uh, you know, I mean, like, it's the difference between, like, I don't like HDTV. I'd rather do standard def because... I like this, like, you know, this old-fashioned kind of. No, I don't think that. I don't think you know that what I mean? is like, the same. Because HD is like. No, because that's uh, like that's like a blurriness, you know. I suppose maybe that's what you're saying is like it, if it runs at 24 frames a second, then it's blurry compared to, you know, like the hyperrealism of 48 frames a second. It's. Almost like a holodeck kind of situation when you're talking. Yeah, before you trying to second, create right? that. It's like That's I'm going deal. and sitting and looking at this like you know almost projected three dimensional you know is hologram. Is that what you want though? I mean, is it that like I don't know. Maybe it want? is. One day maybe. there'll be peripheral 
Yeah. Well, like, watch your movie with peripheral. Then you'd be, like, sitting, like, with the <laughs> characters, and you could look around at them. Yeah, because on IMAX... Go upstairs I, yeah. in your movie. Yeah. Go downstairs, pause and shit. On like, IMAX, wow. I mean, like, when people get close enough to the camera, so it seems <laughs> like they're, you know, like, they're the, the dimensions of a real person. Well, I always imagined if you were watching, like, this futuristic virtual horror movie or something like that, you know, you'd be like standing in the backyard, you get to see the girl run by you screaming, then, you know, you look behind you and the dude's walking towards her, and, you know, you just get to walk around the area and view the situation, look through a window, instead of the camera doing that, you do it for yourself. Right, yeah. I'm going to look at it from this angle, I'm going to... They yeah. can do that, like with the Matrix technology where they have cameras set up all the way around. Don't the they have IMAX theaters set up like that? Well, they do, but it's still from, like, one perspective. It's not from your perspective. It's from the cameras, where if you could go into an environment and walk around it, which is more like you would need, like, 360 degrees of cameras all recording at the same time, and then they would just have to, like, mask out those cameras. And then, like, Mission Impossible, right? The computer's looking at you, reading where you are, and sending that image back yeah. at you. Well, if so anything, it wouldn't even be camera. <laughs> That's when we get the total C- to 100% CG worlds, you know? It's all in your phone. Because we already know that doing inanimate things are, you know, you can sell that way more than a character nowadays. You remember you know? a buzzword from the 90s called virtual reality? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Virtual boy. Virtual boy. <laughs> it's red. Red lines. It's virtual reality. Up close screen <laughs> on your eyes. Yeah. yeah. I remember there was a there was a few shots today, and and I don't know. I know. I think it was in the Hobbit, but it could have been in the Star Trek trailer. Um, that there was like two spears that. No, came Star out. Trek. And it like my eye twitched, and it, yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. it felt like it went through my eye. And I'm like. Whoa, Sweet. that was pretty good. That's what <laughs> about. I can't wait for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be sweet. That is. Yeah. Finally, gimmick movies. Gimmick movies. Yeah. More 3D. Yeah. Gimmick. gimmick. Well, we were talking about that last week too. The 3D, I think, works best when they actually do throw shit at you. And yeah, I, I mean, the Hobbit. Yo-yo guys with the yo-yo. Kind of did. There were some moments, you know, where it was like, here you go. Here's some sword or some arrows or, you know, like a bug or whatever, that moth thing, you know, stuff like that, faces. But, uh, I mean, it was pretty restrained. But, yeah, I expect Texas Chainsaw to be like... Oz, Oz open looks like flood gates. Out, like yeah. yeah, but, I mean, I think that's what it's going to take to save 3D because, yeah. you know, there's so many... You go see these 3D movies and you're like, i got to pay a premium and i got to wear these glasses and I don't remember... I saw Underworld, right? That was in 3D. I couldn't tell you right now, like, one scene where something came out and swatted me upside the death. head. Look but at the lamp behind yeah. his shoulder. Ooh, oh. But we're all in buildings <laughs> up against, like, white walls and stuff. Like, fantastic. Uh, you know, but, I mean, I can remember, you know, moments from The Hobbit, you know, where it was, like, either the the landscape looked awesome, you know, going back in depth, or something came out, you know. Like um, I want to see Wolverine in 3D. Is it going to be in 3D? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a guy with six points on his hands. <laughs> they showed a new, uh, I saw a new poster. It's got him, like, with a katana. Nice, yeah, it's going to be the whole Japanese story with the Silver Samurai. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that 3D does well on big-scale movies like Avatar, like, uh, what was the other one? That I, like, uh, Hobbit, and there was one other, like, massive... I, thought, I don't know why people movie. think Avatar was an awesome 3D movie. Because I thought that was a bad, no, or, like a thing, horrible 3D. Everybody's like, the islands were... Flo- no, they weren't. 
the thing that that did was it, it put compu- a completely synthetic character in the same 3D space as a actual photographed human being. And so the human being interacted with the virtual character who's not there, but it uh, totally did to me. Totally did. I thought I bought it, but those people were there. It was the same with... uh, 3D or just 3D? Yeah, I saw that IMAX 3D. Uh, I don't IMAX, think we had the IMAX, IMAX here. So, so much I think did we drive up to see? I can't remember. Yeah, the, the IMAX wasn't uh, here because I know I saw it just regular. I would have seen it. But IMAX Hobbit trying. did the same thing, where it was like you know, there's a IMAX lot of virtual is, characters oh, running around, and the 3D like helps the sell the fact that like everybody, the virtual characters and the real life yeah, people are sharing the same What's frame. You know, I mean, they're sharing that same three-dimensional space. You know, and that's what makes it more realistic. You have no idea what I'm saying right now because you were listening to them. So what are they talking about? <laughs> Go ahead. No, too late. This shit out. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You were talking about three, three D space. You're getting all technical. Yeah. I was a special guest. Too late, time. Give it up. Give it up. Done. <laughs> normal characters interacting. No, what we were talking about is how in an IMAX you could have 15 kids talking around, like talking around you, and as soon as the sound you goes on, it drowns them all out. You know, oh, that's yeah. what an IMAX is good for—is drowning out. Anybody. Yeah, but what do you think? Okay, so that's the thing. <laughs> you like, guys were talking over their conversation. <laughs> they were, they were <laughs> talking in the back, and Tom's just, like, like whisper <laughs> His eyes—he's doing that shifty <laughs> eye thing. They're talking about whispering yeah, conversations yeah. while whispering. Yeah, I'm like, hey, see, you, you got me. You, you feel me on this. And he's like, blank <laughs> look. Like, fuck you, dude. Okay, so here's the thing about uh, IMAX. Should we break? No, wait, IMAX. Question. Okay, so there's, there's an actual, like, IMAX theater where the screen is, you know, like five stories tall. And then there's the IMAX experience, which unfortunately is what we have here uh-huh. in town. Where they just converted a regular theater, it's just a big took screen. out a couple. Of, yeah, it's a big screen <laughs> that goes like from the floor it's to ceiling of a regular theater. It's still pretty good, though. Yeah, but uh, we saw it in real IMAX. Yeah, so there's a significant difference, though. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> I saw sure. the Hobbit in IMAX experience. You saw. The we Hobbit had to use an like, elevator to get. To <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I just don't know if there's a movie out there that would warrant me to like to go out of my way for that much. It's like I love movie. I love movies, but I don't think it'd be like drive two hours and go to the. Yeah, because that's where I'm at now. Now that we have the IMAX experience, to Doom to go yeah. see any movie. I take the uh, the easy way out because it's like fuck. The Hobbit's three hours long. It's like I can drive to a local theater in 15 minutes and see it in an IMAX experience, which is an approximation of the actual IMAX experience. What's the actual difference in size? Huge. Uh, yeah, stories. I mean, like, yeah, an IMAX they, theater is like wraps around you, and there's like a hill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's giant. Yeah, yeah, all the it's elevators. Like, I want to say, like a hill. I say a, I want to IMAX, go to one really an actual bad. IMAX theater is at least three stories tall, probably at Especially least. For like Superman, I'd like. Where the theater that we have is a one-story building with a giant screen in it. Wow. So I mean, it's one story, but like it's really like two stories, right? I mean. We're talking about. Well, they yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, an IMAX theater is three of those stacked on top of each other. Really? Because like that's the only problem with the IMAX. You get any of those low seats, you're fucked in the IMAX. 
You know, they should have yeah, like, no, built those set, seats like, on an sit as high up as you I can. Almost, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that way you're looking IMAX. straight up. Two-thirds up. <laughs> like, we had just like heads going across. Yeah, but that's I cool. Did, I did see a movie like that. Where that's cool. Yeah, for I, think it, I did see a Prometheus like that. I, think, I was like, uh, the far right down there, I'm like, what? I, I hope nothing comes out of the left <laughs> left bottom. I'll be, I won't know what's going on. <laughs> that's what Randy was saying, that, you know, he had some heads in front of him watching in IMAX. I think that's why, like... You know, because Tom keeps going back to Beowulf as, like, one of the defining 3D moments. I think because of the way the IMAX theater is set up, you've always got, like, these heads, you know, that you could see over. And so you can judge the distance of the the stuff coming out of the screen based on, you've got a reference point of, like, the guy's head, like, right here in front of you. It's like, that thing looks like it came out and poked the guy in front of me in the eye. Yeah. You know? Or just went over his head. Yeah, yeah, it's hanging over his head, you know. And then I think that that's what... That dragon's totally going to eat that dude. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Oh, God. So I guess that's that with 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. We just had a break, and I just explained to Tom that the J-Ghost is still here. Oh. Or if is still what? <laughs> Tom's losing his shit over there. He is totally terrified oh, out of his mind right now. For reals. Yeah. When will we Dude, see our first J-Ghost in 3D? <laughs> uh, it's happened. It's Sadako 3D. Really? Yeah. It was the ring. Yeah. Uh, I saw I saw a uh, thing in uh, Japan. They had a trailer. They were pulling around. They had her crawling out of the... Like a giant version of her crawling out of the TV. And it said Sadako 3D. And it was like a promotional like semi. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Plus there's a shock corridor. 3D. I think I love that. It was from the guy who did the grudge. <laughs> Tom wants to leave. Are you serious? It's just that noise? Does it? Dude, yeah, that movie creeped my shit out. <laughs> like no other movie has ever creeped you out. That one. I thought that, that movie was terrifying ring. to watch. Which one <laughs> was more frightening? The, the ring. <laughs> Little blue-faced cat boy. Is that the scariest film you've ever seen in your lifetime? Yeah. Wow. Really? We did History of Horror, which was every horror movie. and Not every single horror no, movie. No, not every single horror movie. But the, the grudge was the one that, like, Freak my shit out the most. The, Is it and, because and, they're Japanese? And huh? the ring was the the close second. I mean, the ring did it again. Wait, I, we watched both versions of the ring. Which version of the ring terrified you more, the Japanese one or the American one? Ah, uh, the American one. Why yeah, the American yeah, the one? The Japanese not, one was cheap looking. What? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, because like the first. Well, I mean, okay, the only thing even scary about the ring is the very first face of the first girl. You know, that's it. Are you that's saying, what the ring or ring. In the ring, in the ring. Yeah. So, in my experience, well, there goes my hypothesis that Tom is just afraid of Japanese people. I think that's what I was trying to build up to, of but it's gone. Little girls. I'm afraid <laughs> it's of old undead. Hiding. I'm afraid it's of They're undead scary. little girls because the girl. So but I in the grudge, in the grudge, it was a little boy. Dead, still freaking. Dude, I'm telling you, I always, I constantly when I go. Like, get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom, and I always think to myself, if I fucking turn around, and there's a little girl, 
I'm just going to have a fucking heart attack, you know? Uh, the grudge Please ghost was a me. boy you know? who squealed like a cat, though. Yeah, but it's still like little, little undead Japanese kids freak my shit out. So it is the Japanese. Well, not necessarily, because the undead Asian girl in Night of the Living Dead is kind of creepy too. That one comes back to haunt him when the he goes girl. to bed at night. He looks into the closet. He sees a little girl with a trowel. I hate anything that's in a corner and starts to turn around so slowly. Okay, and did you see that uh, there's an internet prank or whatever? This, like, what was it, Brazil or something? They had this. Yeah. you got to look this up if you haven't seen it. Really? Yeah, it's a, there's this elevator. Oh, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> it's this elevator. They just let people into it, and then, like... Wait, look the, it up right now, and then come back and listen to, to the rest Yeah, of you'd have to pause it. All right, so uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, go right now, pause this podcast, and go look at Girl in the Elevator. Elevator, uh, elevator Ghost. Elevator Ghost. It's pretty funny. come back and listen to Figure it. Figure out how no one was sued in the making of that video. Perhaps. It's Brazil, man. It's foreign. That's Just a way. prank. It's anarchy. Yeah. And if Tom was in that position, he would have peed himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? yeah? Wow. Would you have pooped on yourself? <laughs> you never know. Would you have vomited? <laughs> uh, usually not vomit, no. 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 I'm curious to see, like, the outtakes of the people who didn't react at all or did actually, you know, do something else. Become violent yeah. because yeah, they yeah, yeah. for their lives. Do you yeah. think America is too, like, tainted to that sort of thing? Like, they'd be like, ah, no, that's... Yeah, there'd be so many, like, well, if we did this, we may cause someone to have a heart attack, and so we got to be covered against lawsuits, but it's just not safe. So we never we wouldn't do it because it wouldn't be safe. But like say we were gonna do it, would the victims victims in the elevator would they be like, like would they call it as a prank? Because I don't think so. I mean it depends on the individual. Well, yeah. I think that's a thing where it comes down to, you know, this that comes down to your individual belief. I mean if you believe in uh, ghosts, uh, you're fucked, right? If yeah. you don't believe in ghosts, yeah, you still really have to deal either, with this but, you know, girl who just like showed up walking and into an elevator, <laughs> and the lights know? go out and there's a little girl. It's like what yeah. are you supposed to think? Yeah. But like, just dropped okay. out of somewhere. Going yeah. back in time. I mean you like, like you got punked, you got the Jamie Kennedy experience, you got candid camera, I may have skipped a couple <laughs> there. But like you got all these like American T V shows that are like Hey, we're gonna try and trick these everyday Big citizens. White show. What was that last Big white one? Show. Yeah, that one that was called those like those crappy shows. Scare tactics. Sci-fi. Oh, scare tactics. Yeah. I'd like to think that if I was in the midst of it, like a jackass situation, I'd be like, I'd call bullshit on it. You know. This is not real. This is not real. It's time. You'd be like down the this is not real. I'd probably close my fucking eyes. <laughs> that's like the best thing to do to a ghost. Is just don't fucking look at it in the eyes, because that's it's, what it's going to get. She's still going to scream at you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that raises the question. I mean, like, why are haunted houses scary? Because, like, you know it's not real. But when you go through that thing, at least... Like fake ha- ha- haunted houses? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, Halloween. No, real haunted houses. I've never been in a about real that? haunted house. I'm talking about like a real like. Mm-hmm. Talking about a Halloween haunted house or I've been a, haunted, a, a haunted, or Halloween haunted house. In high school, you get a bunch of friends together. You go out to a haunted house, and there is always that. Sounds like a song. good idea for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you get scared because you got some douchebag that jumps out at you. <laughs> 
douche. <laughs> but you know it's they can't touch you. Well, I once worked at one. And it's like, oh, we're not a wet haunted house. You can't use any gore. It's like, well, okay, so you're not a haunted house. You can't have blood in here. A so. wet haunted house. That sounds dirty. This isn't a wet <laughs> yeah, right. It's house. a dry it's a haunted house. house. And they were they were playing D and D in the haunt, and that was supposed to be scary. Oh, that's the that's the. the Christian. Oh, yeah, the Christian haunted house. Back in the, right. Back in the nineties. And finish it off with hell a descent house. into hell. Yeah. The We're behind chicken wire. <laughs> <laughs> Our souls are tormented behind chicken wire. <laughs> the worst experience I ever had at a haunted house was a, it was a Christian haunted house, and at the end they were like, "This is God," and they turned out having these bright, the bright fucking oh, lights. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to that one. Lights. Like, I was blind. Would you like to... <laughs> physically in pain. Sit inside yeah. our cafe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And talk to us and take this tract. That's... that's but you know. Jesus. And you're like... You just went through this crazy experience of darkness and then, like, tunnels and no light at all. Teen pregnancy. Guns going off. Like someone, yeah. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then these bright... And people screaming at you through chicken wire. And then, yeah. and then bright the lights. never, like... Evil clowns like, Come or on, talk to us about God. Always, yeah, it was know, like really manipulative. Oh games. hell, it was like, come <laughs> on, are you serious? It's like, I, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I've I, never joined a cult, but that's about <laughs> as close as like. <laughs> it was brainwashing. Yeah, I don't feel myself. I gotta fucking go sit in a car for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I have a topic. Tom's got a topic. I got a topic because. Today is Saturday. Tuesday is Christmas, right? Yep. So, what Let's kill is everybody's movie choice? Favorite movies for Christmas? Movie recommendations? Dude, where were you? We did this already. That's Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Gremlins. and Gremlins. I want personal choice. It's not like uh, gr- your opinion. I right. love Scrooged. Well, I don't know. Fuck. Last, week, last year movie. I went with uh, Lethal Weapon was my holiday movie and Die Hard 2. Uh, I feel like I'd be repeating myself if I went to Die Hard, uh, uh, Lethal Weapon again. No, this but year. what's the one that doesn't change? You can't so what, change every I mean, year. What, what, what's the what's the the fucking Christmas movie? Let's ask our special guest. Nothing says Christmas like this movie. Mine's gonna be sappy. That's fine. It's a um, borderline chick flick, but Love Actually. There's a good Christmas yeah. movie. That's a really good Christmas well, I'm movie. Christmas. It's usually Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, what about you? Quit interviewing people. Make statements. No interviews. I like uh, Christmas Vacation. Love Hell yeah. Those, those Old Navy commercials make me want a Christmas oh. Vacation Part 2. That's yeah. so awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas Well, then vacation. I have watched the Polar Express, I think, every year. But I did it. I showed it to my nephew for the first time this year, so it didn't really count. Also, that's a good one. Although I did watch it again this year. I have to I have to go hack hacky hammy sappy whatever you want to call it. Uh, 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 it's a Wonderful Life. I watch It's a Wonderful Life every Christmas Eve. That's a time travel film. Because I mean, they, they they show it on uh, they show it on NBC <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And I don't know. It gets me every time. I think, I mean, Lethal Weapon gets me every time. I mean, like, Murtaugh's yelling, and Riggs is like, come on, and they're running down the street, and Murtaugh's, like, limping, and Riggs is like, I'll get him, and he goes, yeah. I agree with that. Okay, so so my my, my Christmas favorites is, uh, I do like uh, Love Actually, because 
Bill Nye is just hilarious in that movie. If you really love Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I I like Bad Santa. Bad Santa. Christmas yeah, Christmas story. stories. Yeah. I don't really. I, you know, I'm not, what? I'm not a big don't fan bring me down. Christmas <laughs> stories awesome. I'm a, I'm a I love Christmas so I story. Watch, I think I've just seen it too many Nets, fucking times. Christmas, Christmas, so Charlie Brown Christmas. I like my uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. It's not a movie. Animations. The, the special. It's yeah, not a movie. It's about Elf. It's favorite Christmas it. movies. <laughs> uh, Talk about Christmas specials. I, you know, I'd probably go with Gremlins as my off. Gremlins. You know, as my like Christmas no, movie. It's like yeah. slightly so off. So you wouldn't go with That's Silent Night, Deadly Night? Yeah. Naughty. Uh, Black Christmas. Naughty. Black Christmas is a good one. Agnes. Agnes. Billy. Agnes. Oh, you just what have you done with the baby? Black Christmas. They were remaking Silent Night, Deadly Night, but you're not just talking about it's that. It's called Cheap Silent Reason. Night with Malcolm I don't think it's McDowell. a remake. It, well, it was supposed to be, uh, yeah. but it's not really. Yeah, because like, on the back of the movie it says, in the tradition, it's so funny because it's like, this is who's in the movie, in the tradition of Silent Night, Deadly Night, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. It's just like, okay, so is yeah. this a remake? It, or it, like Terror Train, which became Train in the remake. It's really? kind of like, yeah. And we took the idea, and then we got kind of halfway done with it, and we're like, man, maybe we're going to do this. And then Punish. And Punish. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you can find uh, Saturday Night Freak <laughs> yeah. Show online at uh, blogs. Oh no, Saturday Night Freak Show dot dot com, and on Twitter at Saturday Sat Freak Show. And you can download us every week. New episodes uh, on iTunes or via your favorite podcast RSS reader. Ow. All right, we still need to ask Travis what his movie's going to be next week. Mm. What are we going to treat for? I think we're going to be watching Cannibal the Musical. I think so. What's for dinner, then? Ew. Pulled pork barbecue, <laughs> fudge squares. <laughs> You'll see why fudge squares. There's a, uh, awesome. there's a joke in the movie. About so that. come back next time, loyal listener.